You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 191 with Monica Swanson. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys. So before we jump into today's episode about what we're talking about um, with Monica, I wanted to let you guys know that I have not ignored all the events that are going on right now, and I'm not glossing over it. It is very important and in the very front of my mind. And I wanted to let you know that I'm working behind the scenes to getting um, a past guest, Angie Whitestone, back on the show. She was on, I think, about nine weeks ago. And um, she is a black mom. And I thought that she could help bridge the gap uh, between you know, the white community and the black community, especially within moms, and just kind of share her perspective and answer some questions. And I hope that it inspires you to think, you know, twice about what you're doing in your lives, how you're showing up, especially for people of color. And, you know, how can we leave this world a better place for our children? And so I just wanted you to know that I'm not ignoring the topic. Um, I was really trying to figure out what is the best way to show up? And this is the best way for me to show up. It's running a podcast. It's asking questions and it's providing information and content to my listeners um, so that you guys can walk away having more information and feeling more empowered to do something and show up in your own way. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. But today we'll jump into uh, Monica's episode. And the reason why I wanted to have Monica on the show is because she's a boy mom. So if you know me, you know that I don't have sons. I have daughters. So um, I thought this would be great to have Monica on. She has four sons. And I just think it's really fun to just talk to her and, and hear what it's like to have all boys and to give you moms that have sons, you know, some ideas on how to raise them. You know, how do you raise your kids to have their own faith? How do you have a good relationship with your son? How do you deal with pornography? All these things we jump into because I feel like they're super important when you have sons. And again, I can't really, you know, speak to this because I have daughters. So again, I like to have people coming on the show to help fill in the gaps and share information, inspire you guys, and, you know, give you knowledge um, that you didn't have prior to listening to the show. So welcome back to my favorite things segment with talking to Monica. I have found out that she loves the Enneagram. So this is what I'm going to be talking about for my favorite things today is the Enneagram. Um, I love Enneagram. And if you have not heard uh, my episodes with Beth McCord, you can check that out at episode 90, 91, 92, and 130. And um, Monica was just saying how she loves knowing her boys' Enneagram numbers because it kind of helps her uh, be a better mom. And if you don't know your husband's Enneagram number, make him take the quiz too. You might as well. Um, anyway, but you know, with us being quarantined and all that, I feel like it was such a great time to kind of like dig in and kind of get to know people's numbers and stuff like that. But you can still do it. I still think this is good because, you know, um, most of us are not going back to, you know, our normal lives for the summer. You're still going to be with your kids more. There, there's not as many summer camps happening. Um, so, you know, have the whole family take a quiz. And I'm going to put all that stuff in the show notes. But um, if you guys already do know your numbers, um, I want to highly recommend Beth McCord's Discovering You course and Exploring You course. Um, you know, again, nothing like the present to learn more about yourself so that you can strengthen your relationships and just be a better mom and wife and just kind of take control of your life. And so, um, 
this really just kind of helps you, um, especially when you're struggling to kind of figure out, oh, this is this is my, why I might be struggling, you know, because this is kind of harder for me, but then other areas, this is easier for me. Um, so I think it's just a great tool to have. Um, and then if you guys are looking to connect with your hubby, and you're not been and you haven't been able to go on dates and stuff like that as much. Um, I would highly encourage um, taking the Becoming Us course, and you can take a free marriage assessment to just get the ball rolling. And again, I'll put this in the show notes. Um, lastly, if you have been thinking about like what do you want to do with your life, and maybe this quarantine um, has really given you that time to think like, am I really on the right path? And um, and you absolutely love the Enneagram, and you know it front and back. I would highly encourage you to consider becoming an Enneagram coach and helping others because I feel like so many people feel lost right now. And so, you know, they could use people to guide them and this might be your calling. So the program is 12 weeks long. And what is awesome is they have a quiz you can take and it's only five minutes. So make sure to head over there. I will put all the um, show notes in the link, uh, the links in the show notes. Um, but if you guys subscribe to the Mom Inspired Show, you will have all of the um, links and all that kind of stuff in your inbox. I am tripping over my words today. Um, you will have that all in your inbox. So you don't have to go searching, wait, what did Amber say? What week was that? You can just pull that all up in your email and then find um, my favorite things. Um, so all you have to do to subscribe to the show is go to mominspiredshow.com, enter your name and email, and then everything will be at your fingertips. You won't have to go searching for it ever again. Um, but if you do have you know time on your hands and you want to peruse my website, you can find things at mominspiredshow.com forward slash favorites. Um, if it's beauty products like skincare and all that kind of stuff, you can find it at mominspiredshow.com forward slash beauty. Here's the thing. I don't always put every single favorite item in my website because it starts to bog it down. So again, I would highly recommend subscribing to the email so that you always have it. If you don't want to do that, you can always find it in the show notes. All right, let's go to the show. And I hope you truly enjoy this episode today. Hey, Monica, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, it's so fun to be here. Thank you. Okay, so I like to ask my guests travel questions. And in the past, I've asked them where their favorite vacation spot has been and why, because I'm a travel agent, so I just love picking people's brains. But I wanted to change it up and start asking my guests when things ease up with travel, where is the place that you really want to go to? And it can be with or without kids. All right. There's so many places on my mind right now. And I think mostly because a number of trips were canceled for this yeah. spring and early summer. But my 16-year-old son is a competitive surfer and he, I get to take a lot of trips with him. He was supposed to be in Australia in the month of May. And then we're always in California for about five weeks in June for national championships. So I'm thinking a surf trip with my son would be so much fun. And I didn't appreciate it enough until I couldn't Aww. go. So yeah. yeah. Australia. And yeah. And that sounds like a really cool life, which we'll jump into in a minute. The fact that you're even a surfing family and that's even in your, I don't even know, lifestyle that you're, you have that. I'm like, that's so far removed for me living in Nashville. I'm like to, to say like, yes, I'm going to, uh, you know, a surfing championship, something. I don't even yes, know. Right. So it's I love it. Yeah, it's great. So leading into that, how about you share with us your name, where you live and how many kids you have? You bet. So I am Monica Swanson, and I'm originally from the Pacific Northwest, so kind of a Seattle girl at yeah. heart. 
but my husband and I have been in Hawaii for almost 19 years. We came over here for his medical residency program 19 years ago. I thought it would be a three-year stay, and by the time he finished, he was determined to live here the rest of his life. So we are now on the north shore of Oahu, kind of out in the country, kind of at the surf capital of the world, and uh, we have four sons. The oldest is going to be 21 this summer, and the youngest is nine. So got a good spread of boys, and they're all around right now. So uh, feed, feeding them a lot. <laughs> oh, you know, I feel that way too. And I have girls and they're only nine oh. and six. I can't, I always think to myself, I'm like, I could not imagine feeding boys, teenage boys right now during COVID. I feel like, I feel like everybody's eating way more than normal. And so the grocery bills are just insane. I can't even imagine how much yeah. groceries are there for you. And then you adding this on top of it. Bill. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really bad. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, anyways. Um, so before we jump in, how about you just share with us a little bit about how you got to where you are today, doing what you're doing? Yeah, well, um, I've been blessed to be mostly a stay at home mom for um, all the years raising my boys. We started homeschooling when my oldest was in second grade. So I've homeschooled my boys all the way through. And it was after my fourth son was born, the year I turned 40, that I was like, you know what? I just felt like I wanted to to just start finding something that would fuel me up personally. You know, there was so much time with the kids all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And so I have always loved to write, but never really considered doing any more with it. But I started a blog and that was nine and a half years ago. And I just started blogging and fell in love with it almost immediately. I just loved the process of writing and sharing and interacting with people online. And maybe because I live on an island too, it gave me that social outlet and then a um, couple of years into it, things started to really fall into place, had some posts do really well. And then by last summer, so August of 2019, I published my first book and uh, that's called Boy Mom. And the same summer, I started the Boy Mom podcast. So it's just been one thing after another, and it's all fallen into place very naturally. I haven't done anything very quickly because I'm always juggling the home yeah. and the family and schooling. But I have just loved finding something that I really enjoy and that is, you know, the boys are a part of everything I do, and they really support me, and my husband loves it. So it's been a really fun journey. I love that. That is really cool. And I do feel like that happens over time, you know, that you kind of want something for yourself. And mm-hmm. so that's really cool that you started with a blog. Um, you know, people always people always ask me, like, what made me start a podcast? And I like to joke and say, I'm like, I'm not good at writing. So I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> doing a blog <laughs> was never in my cards to sit down and write like how you were saying you really loved the process. Yeah. I'd probably be like, oh, my gosh, I have to write something again. So um, the fact that you know, podcasts were just starting to come out, you know, in 2016, that's when I started my podcast. And, you know, there were still a lot of moms that didn't even know what a podcast was in it. They started listening to my show as their first podcast. So uh, we've come a long way, you know, now being in 2020, I feel like almost yeah. everyone knows what a podcast is. So it's pretty mm-hmm. exciting. Um, wow. So the reason why I wanted to have you come on, um, if it's not obvious, um, that you're a boy mom. So I'm a girl mom. I don't have boys. I know nothing about raising boys. So I thought it would be really great for you to come on and just share your knowledge and uh, experience with us, especially because you do have a 21 year old. So um, you have a lot of years that you can share with us. So I'm going to just shoot some topics out at you and then we can kind of just go from there. Um, But first I wanted to ask you, what do you feel like is the most important um, 
when it comes to what boys need the most? Mm, Wow. Well, um, my book is subtitled (laughs) What Your Son Needs Most From You, and I covered 12 areas. So without going into all 12 of them, I think that um, ultimately boys need intentional parents. They, They really need us to tune into them as individuals because no two people are alike, right? And in my four sons, none of them are alike. They're so different from one another. So really to be intentional about um, raising sons who, you know, my husband and I are Christians and raising sons who know and love God. That's like my number one hope and dream and and priority. And then um, character is just such a big deal to me because I just think it's so missing in the world today and in most of the young people coming coming up. And I just want to hold on to character as, as such a valuable thing that I want my boys to embrace it for themselves, not because, you know, behavior, but because their heart is right. So I think raising young men who are ready to launch into the world independently, uh, I always talk about keeping my vision on the young men they're going to become, not on today's issue, not on putting out this fire, that fire, but how does this shape them into the young man they'll one day be? And that's not easy to do when you're busy and hectic and trying to get through the day. But that's that's always the goal is seeing how their heart is being shaped into the kind of people I want to see go out into the world and not need me anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So what do you find that really works well for you with being intentional and kind of like what you're saying? We are so busy. So, you know, I think moms, especially moms with younger kids, and they just feel like, how am I going to do this? And, um, you know, they feel like it could be so overwhelming. But with you having the experience and you have mm-hmm. these years to look back on, what are some of the things that you are so glad that you did consistently with mm-hmm. um, being intentional? Yes. Great question. I think spending time with our kids is key and you don't have to homeschool. In fact, I say often that I've had days where I homeschooled all of my kids and at the end of the day felt like, you know what? I really didn't give any of them quality time. Mm. So it's not like an abundance of time is necessary, but the intentional time. And, and that might mean just a few minutes to just sit down and, and scratch their back and say, talk to me, how, how are you doing? And, and to continue to enter into their world. And I think so often around the middle school years, parents kind of pull back and they're like, Ooh, he needs more space. And they give their kids, you know, more, more freedoms, which yes, they do need more freedoms as they grow up, but they also still need us. And it's different as they grow up. But they need that coach. They need that mentor. They need us to stay involved in their life and keep setting boundaries. So I think that just giving them our intentional time and and just loving them where they are, supporting them where they are, letting them know that you are for them and really just being around, being around so you know what's going on, checking in with them often. Now, have you had any of your sons say, mom, okay, maybe not your nine-year-old yet, but to be like, back off, like, I need my space or have you not really found that? Um... I've been blessed to have so far just really amazing relationships with my boys. And, you know, I I see that as, first of all, God's grace. (laughs) And second of all, really, because I started from a young age being um, not only involved in their life, but also really just authentic as a human. Mm. So not not being the authority that acts like I'm perfect and I've got it all together, but being pretty quick to own my mistakes and come to them and apologize and let them know things I'm working on because I'm certainly not perfect. So I feel like keeping that relationship really healthy has allowed us to interact in a way that just, you know, as they grow up has been really good. Yeah, I like that. One thing that stood out to me, especially because you have four and they mm-hmm. are, all have different personalities, and this could apply to if people had girls too, but um, what do you do with um, 
the sons that maybe you don't click with as naturally as the other mm-hmm. ones. Like maybe you can tell like you're a little bit different or you're maybe opposites or you're kind of mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, I just don't think the same as you. And you can tell it's a little bit more challenging than say another one that it just comes very easy. What advice yeah. do you have um, to not leave that one out um, mm-hmm. and try to really make that special and, and not have them feel like, well, mom likes that one, even though that's not the mm-hmm. case, but you know, sometimes it's just like friends, right? You might totally. gel with someone so easily and it's not that you mm-hmm. don't like the other person, but you're like, oh, we just click, you know? And yeah. so yeah. what is your thoughts with that? Especially with having four kids. Oh, that's such an important topic. And I, I did kind of touch on this in my book because I hear from moms who get really freaked out when they're like, oh my goodness, you know, maybe I just so easily bonded with my firstborn, but the second one came and I just did not feel that connection. You know, even as a baby, sometimes I think that's, yeah, that's a reality. And so I like to assure moms that that's okay. And that, that, that can grow. And especially through prayer and, you know, just really being intentional. And certainly I think that's going to happen in every family. So there's going to be someone you connect with a little bit more. Thank God for a mother's love. I mean, I feel like even the sons that maybe I wouldn't say I'm as naturally connected to, God's given me such a a love for them and, and compassion. And so I think that just that heart for wanting so much to see him grow up to have a great life too, uh, enables me to kind of cross that line and, and get uncomfortable sometimes just hanging out with them and forcing some conversations that aren't as natural as they would be with others. Yeah. So it's tough though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you say that because I'm sure, like you said, there's moms out there just really being hard on themselves, but you know, you don't Mm want to look back with regret that you're kind of like, oh, I really didn't, you know, put in the time or, you know, I didn't make them feel, um, as connected or whatever. Um, you know, there's just a lot that moms can feel bad about. So yep, <laughs> if sure. we can try to help them not feel bad about one of these topics, oh, that yeah. would be great. Um, Mom guilt is yeah, a real thing. <laughs> it's real. It is real. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to ask you too, you know, because this is going to tie into the question, um, how do you build relationships with your sons that last? Um, do you tend to try to do things with each one of your sons specifically? Or does it? do you just find that kind of just naturally occurs? Or do you feel like you have to really make that happen. I know you mentioned your 16 year old surfing and you like to do that, but so what do you do with the other three um, to kind of have that time? Yeah. Well, I'm not the most um, naturally structured or organized person. (laughs) And so I tend to go with the flow a lot in these relationships. And because we homeschool, they're all around every day, but I will have that little nudge sometimes. It's like, wait, you haven't really spent quality time with this one in a couple days, like go in there and, and I'll, I'll do the same with my husband because, you know, on this topic, I think the dads especially tend to really gel with one of the kids more than the others. And that could be like, no, this one needs you too. So I'll nudge him and say like, you need to go hang out in there with him right now. (laughs) So for myself and my husband, I think it's important to kind of just be aware. And, and sometimes that's just, you know, in the back of your head, keeping, keeping tabs a little bit on who you've spent time with and who you haven't, but it's important. Yeah. So do you feel like that, um, continues on to help, you know, your relationships last as they, you know, get older, or is there something specific that you have found to work to kind of keep that going into adulthood? Right. Well, I think that, um, again, I kind of mentioned earlier, but being a student of your son, recognizing their needs. And, you know, I love to talk about love languages. I love to talk about 
birth order. I'm an Enneagram fan. And so really knowing your sons and being like, you know what, this one needs this. And then as they grow up, you see that kind of even blossoming into their adult selves. My second son will be 19 this summer. Mm. And so for the older two, I think it's just looking at them and going, okay, what did they need when they were young? And how does that now look as they're growing up? And just tuning in and, and trying to adjust and remembering what it was like to be in that awkward stage of going from being a kid to an adult. And so, yeah, I think there's just a lot of being a student of your kids. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, so have you tried to Enneagram type your nine-year-old yet? Totally. Well, okay. he's tried to, he's tried to type himself. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, Cause we all talk about it. And yeah. so we were kind of guessing at what he was. And then, um, a while back he's like, well, I went online and I took a test. <laughs> sure enough, he landed right where we thought he would. So it's and kind of a fun. What's process. the number that, that he landed on? Yeah, he, actually, I think he's our six. Okay. So yeah. he's very, very loyal to older Aww. brother, the 16-year-old, like Aww. sticks to him like Velcro. That's so And sweet. the 16-year-old is a seven. Okay. And he's yep. just all about fun. I fun. mean, surfing's fun. Everything's yes. fun. And so yeah. my nine-year-old is very loyal to that um, brother. So that's Aww. kind of was our first sign. <laughs> that is sweet. Yeah. I talk about Instagram a lot. I had... um. The, and she's called the Enneagram coach, Beth McCord, and I've yeah. had her on the show. And um, yeah, I just, I just love all that stuff. So that's fun that you mentioned that. Um, yeah. And it's been yeah. cool for our family, actually. I yeah. think because the boys understand it too. I it's, agree. It's really yeah. kind of helps us talk through things a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always talk about it to my audience and listeners because I do, I do think it helps, especially I, I mentioned it in during COVID for people to go take, um, the quizzes because everyone's home. So it's like, <laughs> go take a quiz and figure out your number. And um, that might help you. And so anyways, um, okay, so I want to ask you a few more questions, or I know that we could be talking for hours. But yes. um, what is your thoughts with raising the boys to have their own personal faith versus, you know, mom and dad just tell us to do this and, right. you know, whatever, and then they, you know, then they grow up and kind of do their own thing. Like, how do you oh, really yeah. help instill that into their own faith? Oh my goodness. That's, that's huge. And it's been such a, you know, burden on my heart as they've grown up because you do hear that, you know, statistically so many kids leave the church when they leave the home Yeah, and that's the last thing I want. And so I think for us, it's been a lot of just really, again, being authentic about our own faith and not making it a religious thing, making it truly a lifestyle. And as my husband and I live out each day and and do our best to show them what it looks like to love God and and to actually, you know, experience the peace, the joy. If our life looks appealing, I think our kids are going to be a lot more likely to want what we've got, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I just have really tried to live it out and to be real about it and not put on any front, be the same person to them who, as I am to other people. And sure, we read the Bible with them when they're young. We ask them to spend time um, each day doing devotions when they wake up. It's just what the family does. We get up, we pray, we read the Bible. And then as they get into those middle school and high school years, one of the most important things I focus on is just the importance of influences in their lives because, you know, there's no denying we become like the company we keep. Mm -hmm. And so for us, it's plugging them into a good youth group. It's making sure they've got mentors outside of mom and dad because they hit an age where mom and dad aren't enough. Oh yeah. And we make sure that they have some really quality people pouring into them that they can turn to when they've got questions and they don't want to talk to us. Mm -hmm. And so it's just really coaching them through that. And so far, you know, all of my boys have made that personal decision. They're 
walking with the Lord and, and pursuing him, you know, beyond us when they're away at college and doing their own thing. So I know there's no guarantees. God's given us all free will. But certainly I think that by establishing just some basic disciplines in the home and making God just the biggest deal, like he's He's what we're all about. And so we hope and pray that they want that too. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, so this next one is a little bit more challenging. And I know it's a topic that a lot of people just kind of want to put their head under I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe even a couch. Yeah. You probably know where I'm going with this. And mm-hmm. um, it's just dealing with pornography. And I realize this is not just a boy gender thing, but since you are a boy mom, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just kind of like, what were your thoughts on that and and trying to safeguard them? And, you know, and now that we have phones and it's so oh. easy to get to, I mean, yeah. even on accident. And so, oh, for sure. Yeah. How have you dealt with that? Um, and what would you want to tell moms that have younger even kids, not even just boys, but um, like, what what are the things that you have learned so far that you wish you would have known before? And um, and I don't know any other wisdom that you have around that topic. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's such an important one. It's I'm you know probably just about more passionate about this than any other topic when it comes to raising boys because I think it's so easy in the rush, rush, rush of raising kids in the daily life. To if this is an area we're not on top of, it can literally take our kids down a path that can ruin their life. And mm. I think I was in a way blessed to know a couple of people who had really tragic stories mm. of marriages and families destroyed um, because of pornography addiction. And so I've I've put it up there. I've said, you know, I want my kids to to put pornography right up there with like joining a, a gang and doing heroin. Like I want to put yeah. fear in them. Like, yes. Yeah. Scare them to death. Yes. Scare them to death. <laughs> and so I, uh, I have been really glad to find you've probably heard of it, but the book for children, good pictures, bad pictures. Yes. Yep. Um, that's kind of a tool that we found really helpful because no doubt, I mean, talking about sex is awkward. Talking about pornography is like, how do you even approach that? It's just next level. So I've loved using those books with my boys. And then I'm just a huge advocate for getting um, filters on all devices. And that's one that I confess in my book that I put off because I thought, well, first of all, I have really good kids. And, you know, I thought it would become difficult to get online, that there would be things popping up and it would be so difficult. So I kept talking about getting them, but I I waited a while until one of my sons had um, a little moment or a few moments where, you know, when it finally came out that Mm -hmm. he had been accidentally taken down a rabbit trail and kind of got into just, just enough, you know, he would say, oh, I didn't see pornography, but there was enough stuff that it freaked him out and made him feel like he needed to tell us. And I have never felt so awful as a mom. I'm like, poor kid. Like (laughs) here he is put in a position where he's a teenager with raging hormones, like any other teenager. And then I don't have something on to protect him. Like that was a total accident. So I, I really owned that one. And within 24 hours, every device in their home had a filter and it has never been a problem. It has really, really been a blessing. I love getting accountability reports every week, just so I can see if there's something they search for. And it's usually something silly, like a surf video or, you know, something. And yet I appreciate seeing anything. And so that's my biggest advice is you've got to have accountability, especially if you're away from your kids, if they're alone. 
Um, it's just God created us to have curiosity and desires, and that's all normal and healthy. But because of the world we live in, it can really be a dangerous place. So yeah. get those pictures, talk to the kids, even when it's uncomfortable. You got to talk about it. You got to let them know what's out there and why it's scary and what addiction is and how many lives have been ruined, and just talk statistics and put people in their life that will stand behind you and be their accountability as well. Yeah, I love that. And um, so I was thinking, is there specific filters that you truly love? You know, we've we've only used Covenant Eyes because that's what I started with and it's been great. Okay. But I know there are so many out there and I know there's some free ones. I think Covenant Eyes might be $15 a month for the whole family, but to me, that's such a worthwhile sure. investment. Yeah, I'm going to put um, in the show notes, um, good pictures, bad pictures. I know a lot of my friends, especially that have boys, um, definitely recommend that book and then um, Covenant Eyes for the filter. I'll put that on the show notes because I know a lot of people are driving when they're listening to this and then they're like, oh, I can't write it down. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing that information. Um, what's one thing that you feel like when talking about pornography that stood out to your boys about how scary it is? Like, cause you can say it's scary and you can say that it can take you down the wrong path. But I, sometimes I think that's very hard to grasp. Like, what does that really mean? So did you, have you found I something have- Monica, what I'm asking for is, have you found something scary enough that really scared the heck out of your boys? Let me know. No, no, for real. No, that is a really, really good question because you're right, especially at a certain age. I think kids, kids' curiosity and you know desires would override like mom saying this is a bad thing. Yeah, I do think that in good pictures, bad pictures, there is um, a a really simple, like so simple, kids get it. But I felt like I learned a lot. Mm, Um, Okay explanation of the brain and the chemistry in the brain and why it is that one glance at a bad picture, they call it, can um, become an addictive cycle right Mm. away. So it it does a really good job of simplifying it, but making it like, oh, and, and, you know, they compare it to being addicted to drugs or alcohol. And so I think that that, and also my husband and I just talking about our vision for marriage Mm. for them and, and that this is such a beautiful thing. And yet, pornography can destroy their marriage before it even starts. Yeah. So I think my boys do have a high um, value placed on marriage. They they look forward to being married. My husband and I have a great marriage. So I think knowing that that can be destroyed when they're still just young has been a good eye-opener for them. Yeah. So this was not on my list, but because you said this, um, saying that you have a good marriage, which I think is really yeah. great, um, it's, it's the best example you can actually give. What do you yes. feel like is something that you and your husband have done um, or do that really kind of, I don't know, shows your love for each other to the boys or something that stands out to you that, that you can probably pinpoint pretty quickly to think, you know, this is one thing that I'm really glad that we do. Right. Awesome question. And to be clear, good marriage doesn't mean perfect marriage. Of course. And, um, we are humans. <laughs> right. And, you know, we also can't claim that we've never fought in front of the kids. I know some sure. people think that's really important, but, right. and, and sometimes I think seeing us have some tough moments, but then work Get through, through it. it yes. Is, yeah. Tell myself there's some redeeming quality in well, that. I've heard <laughs> that people, I've, I've heard people that said like their parents never fought and then they ended up just getting divorced. Exactly. So that's, yeah. and then it was like sure. so confusing, like, totally. wait, no, I thought, I... I thought, or, or you then grow up thinking you always get along with your spouse and then you go into a marriage and then it sets you up 
exactly. to, to just be like, oh, I'm not supposed to fight. I, and I, my parents never fought and maybe they fought. They just never fought in front of the kids or whatever. They um, didn't talk. <laughs> yeah. So I do, I do think to some level, I think it's good to have that transparency so that good. the kids can see just because you're having an argument doesn't mean you're getting divorced or everything's falling apart and that you make it through and you don't just walk away and be like, well, we're done, you know? So I do think that is good, you know, to some degree of um, just letting kids see that. Right. No, I then thank you. Thank you for affirming. <laughs> but, <laughs> but beyond that, um, I think probably the two things that come to my mind that I would love to share with anyone listening yeah. um, is one, just our faith that we do, um, you know, always come back to the Lord. We try to make him our foundation. So prayer and just keeping God at the center. Um, the other thing is, I think my advice I give to younger women often is just to know that there's certain things I think we always hope our husbands will do or a role we hope they'll play. And sometimes when we're disappointed because they're not doing that, it can build resentment and then a, a wall starts to build up between us. And I think that for me, learning to appreciate my husband's gifts and yet an, uh, appreciate or accept at least the areas that he's probably just not going to change in and being okay taking that on. And so for us, We've been really good about date nights. Well, up until quarantine, thank sure. you. Yeah. But we, we've been good about date nights. But the truth is, is if I didn't bring it up, we would probably go months and he wouldn't even like think you of it. You probably would even notice. So, <laughs> right. So I could sit around and be bitter and compare him to all those romantic husbands out there who are planning amazing dates. Or I could just say, hey, babe, I'm going to get a sitter. Let's go out. And he'll yeah. be like, yeah, and he'll love it. Yep. So I think that, you know, and that's initiating anything, whether it's planning Mother's Day or... Yes. Um, vacations, whatever it is, yep. if your husband's not doing what you kind of wish he'd do, then do it yourself and he'll probably be on board. Yeah, I agree. I do think that <laughs> is good to, to recognize that. And there are people that are really, really good at that. Like, you know, uh, friends that have husbands that really pay attention to what you like. So then they buy <laughs> the most perfect present. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, that's not my husband. And <laughs> no. so, uh, but he will like fix things in the house and yes. do all these technology things that come very, they're very practical, loving gestures. So yeah, I like that you mentioned that. Okay. So Monica, we're at the end of the show and um, this one is a fun question for me to ask. And um, it's me being funny too. So um, I, I mentioned this to you before we started, but I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on preparing yourself to be a good mother-in-law? And the reason why I ask this is because I joke with my friends that have only sons and I am like, please, please don't be that weird mom that makes the girlfriends <laughs> and wives just feel weird. And, you know, I've dated guys that only had brothers like throughout just like when I was younger and then, um, and then I married into an all boy family and I'm still the only wife. Um, so uh. Yeah. And I've been married almost 20 years. Hello. Um, yeah. Yeah. So first, first and everything, first to get married, first to have a house, first to have kids, first to move away to Nashville from Michigan. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's been yeah. great. And I'm the wow. oldest in my family too. So it, it's been fun all oh, around. Boy. Yeah. You're a yeah. study. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm truly the firstborn everywhere. And so, um, anyway, but, um, you know, I just think there is a difference between boy moms and and moms that have boys, but also have daughters, you know, mm -hmm. or boys and girls and, and both genders. And um, I just think because those moms are just used to being the main woman. And I don't even mean that bad, but they're just 
they're just used to her being the, it's mm-hmm. a fact. She is the main woman in their lives. There's no sisters, you know, there's no other girls to be in their life. And then you have to start sharing that, you mm-hmm. know, with, with oh, other yeah. girls that come into their lives. And, um, and I know moms loves for sons, you know, they're strong and they're, oh. they're boys. And so I'm curious, like <sighs> what you are doing to prepare yourself to not be that weird mom. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I have let all my boys know that I believe in arranged marriage. So <laughs> like, I get to choose her. No, I, this is so important. And I'm probably so unprepared that I'm not even going to be good at answering this other than I pray. And I have taken notes. Like that's one thing I think I have done mm. over time is just observed yeah. and taken notes. And, and I really want that healthy relationship with my daughter-in-law and with yeah. my son that will last. So I think that just, uh, just go again, being intentional about it from the beginning. And, you know, my, my oldest son has his first girlfriend right now. And so it's kind of new territory, but just choosing to love her before I've even met her and just wanting to be cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> just be cool. <laughs> I remain cool, but I can't lie. It's going to be hard. Cause I, can't imagine a girl good enough for any of my boys. <laughs> as long as you're just not sitting there running your fingers through your son's hair, asking questions, you'll be fine. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel like, you know, the if you really want to keep your sons close, right, to be really close with the wives, right? You know, That's because, you know, if you make, I feel like if there's such a strain, the wife is not going to want to come around. And and, you know, if they obviously they're married, it's like it puts the son in an awkward position and stuff like that. And then he's going to have to pick his wife. So I'm always about like to my friends, like, don't be weird. Like, if you want your boys to be around, you got to be good with the girls. <laughs> yeah, you got to be good with the girls. And I, I look forward to that because yeah. I don't have daughters. I'm yeah. like, I hope she can visit and we can go get manis and petties. Like, yes. I've never had a daughter to do that with. Yeah, so. yeah, that will be fun. So I think you'll do great based on how you are and, and whatnot and how intentional you are. I think you'll, you'll check yourself. <laughs> oh, and people like you can hold me accountable. Okay. You, you can, you can reach out to me and be like, this is what Thank I'm you. doing. What do I need to yeah. change? <laughs> well, this has been so much fun and I know we could just keep going on this topic, but um, I'm glad that you came on and shared. And um, I just hope it helps some moms out there that have boys, younger boys, and just kind of feel like you know, they may not have the right path or feel like they're overwhelmed. And this gives us some hope that, um, you know, we can raise some really good boys out there. So Monica, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was so much fun just talking about all of this with you. Oh, I've had a blast. Thank you so much. Hey, you guys, have you subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show email list yet? If you want to have discounts sent to your email and links to the books we discuss on the show, as well as all the guests information, then you will want to subscribe. That way, every episode will show up in your inbox every Tuesday, and you won't have to go searching for the newest episode. It will be right at your fingertips. So just go to mominspiredshow.com and scroll down and enter your name and email, and you will be all set. See you next week.